You are now tuned in to No One Watches Regular News, hosted by me, Kerry Bogart, and this is episode 13. Right now across America, we have a lot of cities that are shitholes right now. You know, from L.A. to where I live at, Dallas, the Dallas area, to Atlanta, to New York, to Chicago. It's a lot of cities right now in America that are just shitholes. Um, over the weekend was the July 4th weekend, and you heard, either you heard about it or you read about it, but it was numerous, numerous shootings that happened across the country. Uh, right here in Dallas, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, it was at least, they were saying, I had read, um, it was at least 23 shootings across the area, five people were killed. So this continues to be an issue right now in America, just the violent shootings that's happening, the, the violent crime, the shootings, the assaults that we're seeing. Um, I saw a report in the news um, about Chicago, just a bunch of young people downtown Chicago causing a huge disturbance, you know, just, you know, being just being wild children like animals. So we're seeing this happening across a lot of cities in America. You know, these cities right now are becoming like shithole cities. And you have these mayors that are not doing anything about it to deal with the issue. And it's progressing. It's getting worse and worse. And people are unsafe. So as a result of people feeling unsafe, you're going to cause another public crisis outside of the pandemic is going to be a safety issue. You know, for people just feeling unsafe and the cities they live in and, you know, because of the violence that, that is taking place. So you're going to have a lot of people trying to escape these cities and get out and move somewhere else to where it's more safer. You know, it's, uh, it's isolated, it's more secluded away from the, the big lights of the city, you know. So these cities are, are becoming unsafe. But you are supposed to enjoy July 4th weekend, pop fireworks and all this stuff, but instead, once again, we're hearing about numerous shootings that's, that's happening across the country, and we shouldn't. And I also uh, read a article about the amount of trash that was just left behind. Uh, right where I live, and not far from me, is the um, Arlington Lake. And on the black side of town, which is um, off of 820 in, in the Ramey Street, in Fort Worth, Texas, you know, they were popping fireworks and afterwards when they left, it was trash everywhere. Nobody cleaned up. Nobody did their part in making sure that the area was clean. So just this, uh, this just shows you how much we care about our cities where we, uh, where we live in. And a lot of these cities are becoming shitholes. And that's the only way I can describe it, you know just really bad you know just our behavior is getting worse you know we don't care and you know the amount of shootings is happening you know people that are innocent that's uh, being shot and killed you know these things shouldn't be happening but it is and it's scary because it's becoming a public safety thing and this is what we're seeing you know and we shouldn't have to be we shouldn't have to deal with this but we are and this is what you saw over the weekend, just the numerous, numerous shootings that took place once again on J July 4th. And it's just unacceptable. Here's just an example of how bad it's getting in a lot of America's cities. Um, this article comes out of the Washington Examiner. It says 40% of San Francisco residents plan to leave due to quality of life, according to a poll. So this is due to rising crime. And, you know, just the quality of life has gone down um, in San Francisco. So the poll of 500 San Francisco, uh, it says San Franciscans, I think, commissioned by the San Francisco Chamber of Commerce showed that just over 40 percent of residents plan to move out of the city in the next few years. Additionally, eight out of 10 people polled said crime has increased in the city and almost 90 percent of those polls said they believe that the homeless crisis has gotten worse. Uh, roughly three quarters of the residents in San Francisco said their quality of life has declined over the past year. 
uh, that was one article. Here's another article that said that Target closing San Francisco stores early in response to theft and safety concerns. So stores in San Francisco Target, for example, closes at 10, but they decided to close at 6 o'clock, 6 p.m., because of just safety issues, just theft and crime, you know, has gotten so bad to where they're having to close the store early. Then on top of that, you got a lot of retail stores that are closing up and they're leaving as a result of just this, uh, this crime issue in San Francisco. I saw another story the other day. Um, this was at Neiman Marcus. So this was in broad daylight. People were running in the store, stealing clothes and stuff from Neiman Marcus. And of course, I know for a fact that there's nobody that love designer clothes more than black people and we can't afford it. So what we'll do is we'll go in, we'll steal and we'll run out. So this is the problem. Crime, theft is, is going on right now in San Francisco, people that live there are nervous, they're concerned, they're afraid. As a result, people are now deciding in the next few years they're going to just leave San Francisco and, and just go. And just go somewhere else to where the quality of life is much, much better than where they are now. And this is what we're seeing right now. And this is why I say that it's cities right now in America that are shitholes. Like... San Francisco is another one of those cities, man. It's, it's just really bad, you know. So it's, it's bad to where in America is probably the most developed country in, in the entire world, the wealthiest country in the, in the entire world. But yet we have these major issues like what we're seeing right now with violent crime and um, a lot more issues going on right now. As of right now, we're uh, we're seeing the downfall of Black America. You know, Black America has been it has been a sinking ship ever since the 2020 election. Uh, ever since Joe Biden won, it seems like it has gotten worse. You know, fighting among each other over celebrities, entertainers, athletes. You know, we're having these arguments online on social media about these things. How we feel about this person this is what we're having these conversations about you know when joe biden picked kamala harris right black people begged him to pick a black woman for his vp and then basically if joe biden picked a black woman a black woman for his vp black people will get behind joe biden and support him well black people did then after the inauguration it's like that just evaporated. You know, Joe Biden doesn't care about black issues. He has made it known that he does not care about black issues. He met with the Black Lives Matter leaders. They were disappointed in the progress of Polish reform talks. You know, Joe Biden, when he uh, addressed the uh, nation a few weeks ago about the rise in violent crime, Joe Biden said that he would fund law enforcement departments across the country give them the the resources they'll they'll need to deal with the crime so he has made it known that he backs the police officers he's he's not anti-police so over the past few months and going into now black people have been completely divided among each other and it's all because of how we feel about celebrities, entertainers, athletes, politicians, social media personalities, etc. We are divided down the middle. It's not black versus white people. Now it's black people versus black people. And this is what we're seeing uh, play out right now in the uh, media world, you know, specifically on social media. We're seeing this play out. So um, I saw this article. This was on News1.com, right? It says anti-black accusations arise over dress code policy of Houston restaurant Turkey Leg Hut. So this restaurant, Turkey Leg Hut, has changed its dress code. Now, whenever you open up a restaurant, you do not want to uh, attract the wrong kind of crowd. Because with that comes issues, problems that you don't want to have to deal with, you know, it might be fights, breakout, and all this shit. You do not want to attract 
the wrong crowd. Back in the day, uh, if I went to a less, let's say a club or a lounge, it was a dress code. That dress code meant that we wanted to keep certain people out that might be problems. This is why they put a dress code in. So if you went to their bar or their lounge and they had a dress code, that dress code was in place to keep the wrong crowd out of that, uh, that bar or that lounge. We don't want these kinds of people in here because that means problems for us. Problems that we don't want to have to deal with. So the Turkey Leg Hut in Houston has changed its dress code. And of course, black people are upset. And they're saying that it's a anti-black um, uh, dress code, you know, that's meant to target black people. Of course. Of course it is. They want to put these this policy in place to keep these kinds of people out of here. OK, so in this article, it, it says that uh, the Turkey Leg Hub became one of the most hottest spots in the city, offering different enticing Varieties of turkey legs, uh, douse in different dressing like crawfish, um, along with, you know, atmosphere of club vibes, music and fun, including dish offerings. Uh, it was very f flavorful, uh, cocktails, desserts and hookah. But after a good run in the city's third ward community, things turned sour when the restaurant released a strict dress code via a message on social media on Friday. In the post, the Restaurant demands people that if you're going to come to the restaurant, restrain from wearing certain clothes. You know, pants can't be baggy. You know, women can't wear certain clothes. You know, men can't be in their sagging their pants. You know, this is to keep certain people out of the restaurant. And it's sad that you have to put up, put up a dress code policy that's meant really to target black people and say, look. Dress appropriate. Do not come here wearing anything. Okay. It uh, says the uh, caption reads, please know that we are a family friendly restaurant. This is not a club, y'all. It's a family friendly restaurant that serves all ages from children to adults daily. And putting this dress code in place was needed to ensure that all parties from our uh, from our guests to our staff are dressed appropriately when in our establishment. Now, of course, this made people upset. They feel some kind of way about the Turkey Leg Hut in Houston having the dress code. You know, they feel some kind of way. Um, it goes on to say, unfortunately, due to the attire of some guests. Okay, again, unfortunately, due to the attire of some guests. We are forced to put the new policy in place as we remain committed to ensuring all, all guests are comfortable when visiting us. So it's because of certain people that have been coming into the restaurant and how they're dressed is uh, it's inappropriate. You can't dress a certain kind of way in a family friendly restaurant. We saw this at the restaurant in Dallas called the um, True, uh, True's Kitchen in uh, Dallas, Texas. You know, the issue with the girls in the club twerking and shit, you know, acting a fool. You know, the owner of the restaurant had to address the issue and black people got mad at him for what he said because they felt like it was inappropriate. Well, he didn't have to talk to them like that, whatever. But here it is again, another black restaurant is saying, look. You have to dress a certain way to enter our establishment. You cannot dress this way. Uh, it goes on to say, uh, we are not a club. We are a family-friendly restaurant and will continue to maintain our standards as we become, as we welcome everyone to the turkey leg. We appreciate your cooperation and look forward to having you visit with us. So it's, it's, it's a shame that you have to put this posse in place and it's specifically, and this is true, is targeting black people because black people are the frequent visitors of this restaurant. They are the ones that go in this restaurant and buy food. So they have to put a dress code in place to say, look, if you enter this, this, uh, this restaurant, black people, you cannot wear this. 
women, men, you cannot wear this. It's not appropriate. It's a family friendly restaurant. It's a shame that you have to talk about how to dress, how to behave. Standard. It used to be a time when black people had standards where we knew how to dress and behave. This past weekend was a prime example of that. All these shootings that's, that's happening across the country is making black people look real bad across the country. So we're seeing the downfall of black America because we, ha- we have gotten away from our standards. We have gotten away from dressing the appropriate way. We have gotten away from behaving a certain way in public. Now... You're seeing black restaurants like the, the Turkey Hut in Houston, True's Kitchen. They're having to address black people's behavior in public. And this is a shame. They shouldn't have to, but they are. So they have to put in a dress code to make sure that this is, you know, this is the standard. And black people are upset about the shit. The same people that are causing the issue, the problem, are upset that, that now this dress code is being enforced. Not just on the guests, but also the staff as well. We should not be having these conversations, y'all, about how we behave, how we dress. This is not what we should be having a conversation about. It's more serious issues going on right now in black neighborhoods across the, the, uh, the states and in the U.S. is more issues going on. Why are we having a a conversation, a discussion about dress code at a family-friendly restaurant? This is one of many examples of the downfall of black America and what's happening with this right now. And it's sad. But people, stop fighting this. Stop trying to make excuses. And this is what we do. We tend to make excuses for things like this. Well, there'd be anti-black. It's in a black, majority black neighborhood, a majority black area. No, they're not being anti-black. They're being anti-niggertry. This is what they're doing. They're tired of black people that's coming in behaving like niggas. This is what they're tired of. You know, so my hats off to the Turkey Leg Hut in Houston for putting in a dress code so they can keep out a specific group of people, this this bad crowd, from coming in and causing issues. It's no different than a, a bar or club, a lounge or whatever, having a dress code. They they want to keep out a a specific people out of the restaurant, out of the um, establishment, because of problems. So uh, once again, Turkey Leg Hut did the right thing by putting this dress code in. So this way it keeps out certain people out of the out of the um, restaurant. But then, well, then there also seemed to be a scramble to put Rose's game into perspective, to make it a metaphor and a larger narrative. And that is where the evening and what we've seen extend through today, that's where it gets tricky. Let's talk about the team stuff first. I saw plenty of people try to wrap this as the grand healing moment in the Wolves' fractured season. And, and well, look, I absolutely believe great games can do a lot to bring a locker room together. Derrick Rose dropping 50 in one night, it's not going to magically fix the obvious tug of war going on over Jimmy Butler wanting to be traded and all the bad feelings that is continuing to evoke. Number two. There was the massive redemption narrative that everybody hurried into about how much Derek had overcome and persevered through, which is both absolutely true and completely false, depending on what you're talking about. Absolutely. Derek Rose has overcome a horrific and in many cases heartbreaking series of injuries that robbed the league's youngest ever MVP of one of the great what might have been careers. Twice he's had to take time away from the game on teams he's been on, unsure of if he even wanted to continue playing. And twice he came back. And if you have been around to witness the incredible physical and mental toll all of that has taken, the fact that he's still standing, much less doing what he did on that court last night, that is incredible. However, there is also the absolute fact that two years ago, Rose was accused of participating in a gang rape. A civil trial found him not liable, but a lot of Rose's own testimony 
was troubling. And regardless of how you personally judge what happened there, watching people last night bring that trial up and then try to gloss over it as something Rose went through as adversity for him, that was cringe-inducing, to say the least. Personally, I think it is okay to get excited about what Derrick Rose did on that basketball court last night. And I also think it's okay to talk in real terms about what he's done off of it, both the good and the bad. Derrick Rose, he was the story last night, and it is all part of his story. And by the way, his story, it's not over. He's not the same kid who won the MVP in 2011. He's also not the same man who sat in that courtroom in 2016. We all get to continue on and try to evolve and move forward. And that is an okay thing, too. All right, so you heard the voice of uh, Rachel Nichols and how she praised Derrick Rose and his 50-point performance, but then she brought up his rape case. They did the exact same thing to Kobe Bryant when he died. When Kobe Bryant passed away, they brought up again, the media did, and it's always a damn woman. Some woman had wrote an article about Kobe Bryant. She brought up his rape case again. So even... Even if you went through something in your past, 20, 30 years from now, they'll still bring it up. Even though this has been passed and it was years ago, they'll still bring it up and say, well, this is a part of your history. You know, we should tell the story correctly because, I mean, it, it wasn't all um, cake and ice cream, you know, back then. You know, it, it wasn't a perfect career. I mean, you did go through things, but why bring it up, though? And this is what Rachel Nichols did. She brought up the past of Derrick Rose. It was irrelevant to his 50-point performance. This guy had been going through so much, and yet he still had to face the fact that you brought up his rape case. So as of right now, ESPN has removed Rachel Nichols from the NBA final sideline coverage after her leaked comments about Maria Taylor. Now, doing a recording, you can hear Rachel Nichols criticize ESPN last year for choosing Taylor, who is black, to report on the sidelines of the NBA Finals over her. So she felt some kind of way that Maria Taylor got picked over her to cover the finals. Now, people are saying, well, this wasn't genuine. They gave Maria Taylor a sympathy job. My question to black people, if you feel this way, you cannot have it both ways. You cannot complain about white people. And then, you know, you're given an opportunity like Maria Taylor. And then you say, well, that don't count. Because during that, that time period, you had George Floyd, Black Lives Matter movement going on. You had protests. So giving Maria Taylor a job over Rachel Nichols was just sympathy. We will always make up, make up an excuse. Even if something is good, we'll still make, make up an excuse for it. So Rachel Nichols is complaining that Maria Taylor got picked over her. She felt like she, she deserved the job. And this is what Rachel Nichols said. If you need to give her more things to do because you're feeling pressure about your crappy long-time record of diversity, which, by the way, I myself know personally, like, go for it. Just find it somewhere else, the recording said. So she's making it seem like Maria Taylor, the only reason why you even got the job anyway, because they feel sorry for you. And on top of that, ESPN's uh, record on diversity is questionable. This is what she's saying. I guarantee you this. If Rachel Nichols had got that job over Maria Taylor, this would not be a conversation. This would not be a conversation. She would be okay with getting the job over Maria Taylor. But since Maria Taylor got the job, this black woman, let me say something to uh, vent and to voice my frustrations. I believe that the only reason why Maria Taylor got the job because they felt sorry for her, not because she really deserved the job. Rachel Nichols believed that she uh, she was the one that deserved the job over Maria Taylor. You cannot have it both ways, people. You cannot complain about diversity, right? And then there's two women, a black woman and a white woman. 
The other woman that gets it is black and she gets it and you still feel some kind of way about it. You should be happy for it, not mad or sad about it. And for the black men, this is not your fight. This is a, a issue between two women. It's not about you. I am sick and tired of hearing and seeing online black men jump and defend Rachel Nichols. This is not your fight. This is not your issue. This is a woman's issue. Okay? So you have no business getting involved in the conversation about Rachel Nichols. It's not your business. I done seen Stephen Jackson, Richard Jefferson, uh, Kendrick Perkins. A lot of black men are jumping to defend Rachel Nichols. But she had the nerve to bring up the past of Derrick Rose that was irrelevant to his 50-point performance that he had. At that time, Derrick Rose had been going through a lot. But you still brought up his rape case. So in my opinion, Rachel Nichols gets no sympathy whatsoever. If she feels that Maria Taylor got a sympathy job, why should we feel sorry for Rachel Nichols because her, of her comments about Maria Taylor? Why should we feel sorry for her? Because she feels some kind of way that the other women got it over her. That's not my problem. That's not the problem of black men in America. Black men, this is not your fight. Be quiet. Stay out of it. Rachel Nichols says something that she had no business saying. You, you cannot be about equality for women and then complain when another woman gets a job over you. It makes no sense to me. Open up VOK ass, okay, yeah. Profile picture looking tight, chat. Nice, yeah. Got your bio reading right, chat. Precise, yeah. But before you find a day, chat, you gotta wait, chat. Gotta go back to nature, get it straight, chat. Girl, you look good, won't you fax that thing up? Use a handsome young brother, won't you fax that thing up? Made in real life, you need to fax that thing up. Feeling freaky all night, you need to fax that thing up. Girl, you look good, won't you fax that thing up? Use a handsome young brother, won't you fax that thing up? Made in real life, you need to fax that thing up. Feeling freaky all night. I know you can't stand it, no holding hands, chick. But when we get the shot, we gon' be romancing. Girl, you can be the queen, have the quarantine. We could meet up at the spot and we could do the thing. Internet date chat, I'm your mate chat. Download the app, shorty, you ain't gotta wait chat. I love it when you hold me, ain't playing emoji. You could be the young hot thing, I'll be the OG. Girl, you look good, won't you fax that thing? I'm using a handsome young brother, won't you fax that thing? Date in real life, you need to fax that thing. I'm feeling freaky all night, you need to fax that Right, so that's the new hit song, uh, Vax That Thing Up. Uh, it's Manny Fresh, Juvenile, and Mia X. Um, in a press release, Juvenile said he was inspired to do something positive for his people while promoting the benefits of being vaccinated. I wonder if Manny Fresh, Mia X, and Juvenile got vaccinated. You know, they're, they're always trying to promote these things through hip-hop culture, through pop culture, to attract black people. They do the same thing in politics. You know, they'll grab a hold of black athletes, entertainers, celebrities, and the, the Democratic Party, what they'll do is they'll use these people to attract black people to them. You know, you know, this is just a a very classic method. You know, let's persuade them, you know, convince them through hip hop music, through pop culture celebrities, entertainers, athletes, you know, this is what they always do. So this is no different. You know, they're using a, a very popular song like back that ass up and name it and rename it, back that thing up in order to promote this towards black people to get them vaccinated. You know, black people are, are not getting vaccinated at a higher rate 
is, is other people. It's at a much lower rate. You know, so I, I thought that this was very funny because once again, you know, they would do anything they can do to promote this to black people. You know, like a, a while ago, Joe Biden had some kind of plan to go into barbershops and, and salons and talk to black people and talk to talk to them about the getting vaccinated and if if they have any questions about vaccines, but they didn't have any vaccine experts talking about it. You know, they got Barack Obama or some uh, actress or actor to to talk about vaccines. You know, there's no vaccine experts talking about the vaccine, but let's get rappers and all of these other people who are not experts to promote it. You know, this is what I dislike about the whole COVID-19. You know, it, it seems as if it's so much propaganda. Now it has become a all-out lie. Because now it's being promoted so so much in the news, you know, getting the vaccine before it was the COVID-19, the, the virus. Now it's the vaccine. Now they're promoting this a lot. You know, you, you're seeing it in stores like Kroger, CVS, Walgreens, and Walmart. Now they're promoting this vaccine, you know. So this makes me question uh how legit was this COVID-19 uh, virus? How was it really a serious thing? Because now it's being promoted, you know, so much. This uh, vaccine is being promoted so much. Was this COVID-19 virus, this coronavirus, was this a serious issue? Because right now, companies like Pfizer is making a killing off these vaccines. But, you know, you make a video called Vax That Thing Up and you use hip hop to promote the, the vaccine and trying to convince black people to get this shot, to persuade them. And, you know, it, and it's just sad how they always do us, man. They think the only thing that we are attracted to is hip hop music. And this is completely false. So uh, this is what Gabby Thomas uh, tweeted out the other day. It really hurts to see so many black people choosing not to watch the Olympics this year. There are so many black athletes who have put in years of hard work for this moment, myself included. We want your support. I, for one, will be watching the Olympics to support my brothers and sisters that are competing. Um, I do not understand. Why are you so upset over one black woman that failed a drug test. What about the other black female athletes that did not fill a drug test? What about the other black male athletes that did not fill a drug test? That did the right thing. That followed the rules. And that they would not ruin their moment and their chance, their opportunity to compete in, in the Olympics. What about them? What about supporting them? No. We're upset because one sister, a, a black woman that, that's a star, a star athlete, Sha'Carri Richardson. We're upset because she is not going to be able to compete in the Olympics over a failed drug test. And we feel as if it's wrong. On any job you go to, you have to follow certain rules. When you... Apply for the job, you do the interview, you might have to do a drug test, a background check. If you fail the drug test, if you fail the background check, it is no one else's fault but yours. You cannot blame nobody else. You cannot say it was your mother who had passed away, so you was coping with it. You know, so we, we want other black people to suffer because we disagree with how one black person was treated and we think it's wrong. Logic says this, she failed a drug test. The rules say this, that, that this is a banned substance. The, the emotional side says, no, I want her to compete. Marijuana weed is not that bad. I understand that perspective, that point of view, but it's not what is required in the Olympics. You have, they, they, they are setting a standard. She failed the drug test. She cannot compete. 
in the Olympics this year. She has to wait. So why can't black people support other black athletes that are competing in the Olympics and they're representing their country? I do not understand for the life of me. I do not understand. We are crying and complaining over one person that failed a fucking drug test. And now people are talking about that they are not watching the Olympics. I am watching the Olympics. And my hat goes off to all the black men and women that's competing for their country in the Olympics, the USA. Let's be real that we always watch the Olympics to support the black athletes. Track and field. Uh, basketball. We, uh, we always watch the Olympics to support the black athletes. But this year, people are saying that they won't support the Olympics because of one black woman who failed a fucking drug test. This is why I say that it is the downfall of black America to where we don't want, we don't want to believe in standards and rules. We, we don't want to believe in that. We want to be able to do what we want to do and not be held accountable and responsible for it. And, and it, make, it, it makes us look like fools. You know, how, how dare black people not support something that they have been supporting for years over a fucking failed drug test? People tend to ignore the bad but accept the good. Uh, this is something that we tend to do all the time. Um, this article w- was from Business Insider. It says Biden administration officials privately described VP Kamala Harris office as a shit show report says. So this was a few days ago. You know, like I said earlier, um, Kamala Harris was not Joe Biden's first pick. She is inexperienced. Um, she had a terrible reputation as a D.A., she just wasn't qualified. The reason, the only reason why Kamala Harris got picked is was because black people begged Joe Biden to pick a black woman as his VP. And that if he did, black people would go vote for him. And that's what Joe Biden did. In order to gain the black vote, Joe Biden picked a black woman as his running mate, as the VP, in order to attract black voters this is what happened and this is what people don't understand um the article says this top white house officials are publicly circling the wagons around vice president kamala harris operation while probably describing the chaos in her office as a shit show according to a report a long simmering unhappiness in harris office and tension between her staff and joe biden's staff the outlet spoke with uh, 22 sources, including current and former Harris staffers who describe poor morale, communication breakdowns within the vice president's office. Uh, people are thrown under the bus from the very top that are, are short fuses and it's an abusive environment. One source told um, it's not a healthy environment and people often feel mistreated. It's not a place where people feel supported, but a place where people feel treated like shit. So this is a, a article that would not be talked about. It, it would be overlooked. What's going on inside the White House between Harris, the Harris staff, and the Joe Biden staff? I can imagine that they're not in agreement on a, lo- a lot of things. During the whole border thing, uh, uh, Harris mishandled that. You know, she did, she did an interview where she was asked a question about going to the border and she deflected. She brought up the fact that she hadn't been to Europe yet. So she has not done a good job in being the VP of the U.S. And this is just a fact. She's terrible. But people don't see it that way. Again, they will rather accept the good and ignore the bad. This is why Harris and Joe Biden can get by with doing nothing. This is why. Because people will not criticize them as much. You know, numerous, numerous media outlets will be completely biased against what Trump had in, in Pence. And they'll be unbiased towards Harris and Joe Biden. It's the truth. Harris had no business being elected as the VP. But black celebrities, entertainers, black people begged 
Joe Biden to pick a black woman as VP. He was, she was not his first choice. She was a terrible choice and people still don't see it. And this is why I don't understand is that for black people, we have to be able to mature politically and grow the fuck up. In America right now, black people have no political leverage. We have no political power whatsoever. And it's shameful that we have been here this long and there's other groups of people that, that have been in America a lot less longer and they have gained more political power than black people have gained. Begging someone to pick a black woman as a VP is not political power. And this is what we don't understand. And this is why I say that this is the downfall of black America. Last year election was the beginning of the end. It's the downfall of black America. And we're seeing this happen right now. There was a video just recently of LeBron James. He was at his son's basketball game, Bronny. And one of the announcers was saying that basically he gets calls because of, because of his daddy. So, LeBron James took offense to this and he confronts the guy. But LeBron James, he hasn't denounced his PR advisor. Okay, this guy named Adam, a white man and the longtime public relations advisor to LeBron James, said that he was exhausted by the Me Too and Black Lives Matter movement during a controversial phone call with ESPN reporter Rachel Nichols. So, LeBron James, I have a question, man. Why haven't you denounced your PR advisor, fired him for his comments about Me Too and Black Lives Matter? But you can go and confront the announcer at your son's basketball game because of his comments about your son getting foul calls because of his daddy. See, this is why black people have a hard time Letting go of, of our love for celebrities, entertainers, athletes, etc. We love them so much to where they are above criticism. They are above doing anything wrong. And this is the problem. This is causing the downfall of black America. We have to get away from our love for celebrities, entertainers, athletes, these people don't like you. They don't know you. They have no connection to you. I feel like there is no such thing as black people anymore. It's just individuals. I'm a black man in America. I'm just an individual. There is no black people. Because LeBron James should have already denounced this guy. And fired him for what he said. But he hasn't. There, there has been no story that has came out. That says LeBron James has fired this guy, his PR advisor. He has not said nothing about it. But LeBron James can speak up on behalf of his son at a basketball game because a announcer says that he gets foul calls because of his daddy. LeBron, you're on the clock, man. You cannot walk around supporting Black Lives Matter. And then when this white guy says something, about how he's exhausted from the Me Too movement and Black Lives Matter, you don't speak up and say something and, and address this and fire this guy. LeBron, you're on the clock right now, man. So athletes that are competing in the Olympics this summertime in Tokyo, Japan, if they were looking for a legitimate reason to not go and compete this summertime, um, you would probably do it for safety concerns, just health reasons. Uh, right now, it's a COVID-19 surge that's happening right now in the capital of Japan. So uh, Japan declares a state of emergency. Olympics is still on, but without fans in Tokyo. So the Japanese government uh, on Thursday announced that it would reinstitute strict measures to counter COVID-19 surges in the capital. The measures would take effect next week and last the duration of, of the Games which began July 23rd and end August 8th. So, again, uh, due to safety concerns, uh, the COVID-19 surges in the capital of Japan, this has caused uh, for them to announce that fans would not be allowed 
at the games. Uh, it, will, it will only be the athletes competing, no fans. And uh, this is due to the COVID-19 surge that's happening right now in Japan. Um, right now in America, we're seeing the exact same thing happen. You're hearing about uh, COVID-19, a surge happening right now. They they call it the virant, what do they call it? Um, but that's happening right now. So uh, So if the black athletes... You know, if you want a, a good enough reason to not go and actually boycott, do it because of the COVID-19 surge, you know, not because of a failed drug test. So this would be a good, a good enough reason that's legitimate to not go and compete in the Olympics in Tokyo, Japan. How are you? I'm the biggest fan of you. I love watching you run and up. I feel for you so much having everything that's happened. How are you feeling about everything? How did you just find me? You're fine? I said, how did you just find me? I just, I actually, I saw your shoes. <laughs> I saw your shoes say Shikari on them. Um, I mean, I'm fine. I understand the situation that's going on, so I'm accepting of it, and I just know what I have to do being like not allowed in the relay that that occurs after your ban is up how did you feel when that news came down that you weren't allowed in the relay as well um honestly that news didn't bother me because uh, me and my team were realistic so we kind of figured that they would say that in the first place and plus if i can't if my talent is enough it's good enough for me to run on a relay why isn't it good enough for me to run in my open so 100%. So you heard the voice of Shakari Richardson. She would not be able to compete in the Olympics this year. Um, she has taken full responsibility for what she did. She's not making excuses for what she did. But people are making excuses for her, which is what I don't understand. She didn't blame the white man. She didn't blame white supremacy for her failed drug test. And now she's not being able to compete in the Olympics. The white man has nothing to do with that. It was not white supremacy. You cannot blame white folks for Shakari Richardson smoking weed and failing a drug test. It makes no fucking sense. But this is what Diddy said. Sean Puffy Combs. Diddy. It's fucked up and my heart is broken for having her lifelong dream stripped away for or using a legal substance. It's not a legal substance. It's banned. Okay? That's one. I'm tired of white people sitting around, sitting, sitting in a room, making up decisions that affect our hopes and dreams. They will keep treating our athletes like slaves. And, and entertainment until we shut down on these people. Said uh, from love with love. So this is what he said. So he calls the marijuana the a legal substance, which is not. It's banned. Okay? It's banned. Then he says they will keep treating us, uh, our athletes, like slaves. And entertainment. Okay, when whenever you see black celebrities, entertainers... When they go to a football game, a basketball game, they're watching black athletes play. They're not complaining. They're watching the game. They're being entertained. So he says that they will keep treating our athletes like slaves and, and entertainment. Well, that's exactly what you're doing. When you go to a sporting event, you're there to be entertained by the black athletes. So... The, the very thing you're blaming white people for, you also are giving a contribution to it. So this is why I, I say that this is the downfall of black America as we speak right now. Guys like Diddy that make posts like this, that's irrelevant. Making it seem like she took a legal substance when it's banned. It's not legal. It's illegal. This is why she got... This is why she filled the drug test, because if it was legal, it was allowed, then she would still be running. But that's not the case. You know, so this shows uh, this shows you goes to show you that. 
when it comes to these athletes, celebrities, entertainers, we have to quit listening to them. These people, for the most part, like Diddy, my uh, my son, Tamika Mallory, all these people that are activists, Stephen Jackson, they are paid activists. No different than Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson. They're the exact same thing. They're, they are paid activists. They get paid to keep this narrative of race up and racism and white supremacy and blaming white people for every damn thing. How the fuck is you going to blame white people for her failing a drug test? It's a simple drug test. Shakari Richardson did not make up an excuse for what she did. She didn't blame white people. She didn't blame white supremacy. So why are you doing that? And this is what I don't understand. This is, in fact, the downfall of black America. We spot, so you don't, so it's okay. I just want to be clear with you. It's okay. It's okay for a man to go into the women's section, show his penis around the other women, young little girls under age. Your spa, we spa, condone that. Is that what you're saying? Like I asked. It's so he so he can stay there. He can stay there. What sexual orientation? I see a dick. It lets me know he's a man. He he's a man. He is a man. He is not no female. He is not a female. He is not a female. He is not a female, sweetie. Okay, girls down there, other women who are highly offended for what they just saw. And you did nothing, absolutely nothing. In fact, you sided with him. So we spa is an agreement with men that just say they are a woman and they can go down there with their penis and get into the women's section. All right, so that video went viral. It was a woman. She was upset because a trans person, a transgender person, the elemental P community, whatever, um, this person walked in this spa who happened to be a man who thinks he's a woman and proceeds to undress in front of women. Now, I remind you that this is still a man. So how does this make the women feel? Well, of course, they're uncomfortable seeing a what she said, a, a penis, a, a dick. So she didn't want to see this. So she felt uncomfortable and she expressed herself. Well, as a result of this viral video, People got upset. They began to protest on behalf of the person that's trans. So this article uh, is from NBC LA. So people class Saturday during a dueling demonstrations fueled by a viral video posted by a woman upset that a person who identified as a trans female was allowed to disrobe in the women's section of the upscale Korean town spa. Now, now my, my logic meter versus my emotional meter, my logic meter says this, um, this person who's a man who thinks he's a woman, why don't you have respect for the women and the young girls? See, what's, what's happening is the alphabet people, the elemental P people, ABC, whatever they are. These people are in opposition now. Now they have opposition. They have people that oppose them now because now they're going too far with it. It's one thing to fight for your rights, but do it with some kind of class, respect. You can do it that way. Why do you have to take it a step further? And because you feel like you're a woman you go into a spa and you lack respect for other people around you. You choose to undress yourself, disrobe in front of other people. And of course, people jump to the rescue and they defend this person. And they make it seem like the woman was wrong for expressing her opinion about how she felt. That she did not want to see a man in the woman's section. How you identify that's your business. You can say you identify as a cat or dog or whatever. 
but it does not change the fact of how you was born. You, you are either born male or female. How you identify is irrelevant. Either you, either you can produce children and have children, or, for example, like a man, you produce sperm. It's either one or the other. And this is what's, what's happening right now is that you're seeing the, the alphabet people you're seeing other people in opposition of them now because now they have gone too far. This woman, they, ha they have labeled her a transphobic and all this stuff, which is not true. She's just saying, look, it may be uncomfortable. Why is it that my feelings and, and how I feel don't matter? Now what's happening is not about your rights. It's about special rights. Let's make special bathrooms for you. Let's make a special area for you. Let's give them a special treatment. Back in the day with civil rights, it was just taking down signs. Colors and whites only. No, let's make this equal for everybody. For people that's in the LGBTQ community, the alphabet people, the LMNOP people, whatever. For, for them, it's, it's about special rights. I want special treatment because I, I identify as this. You know, all these words they use. So this woman, in my opinion, was not wrong for expressing her opinion, her concern. Look, this is a man. I know that he identifies as a woman, but this makes me uncomfortable. They didn't even consider the fact of how she felt. It's only about the trans person. Well, well you're being transphobic towards them. No. See, now you're giving them special treatment because they identify as something. And this is where the clash is coming in at. Uh, people that are pro-trans, whatever it is, and people who are against it. You know, we're, we're just, people are against the idea of you receiving special treatment because you are now identifying as a fucking woman. You hear this mostly with men that identify as women versus women who identify as men. It's a bigger push for that for some reason. You hear more about men being women versus women being men. It's more difficult to be a man than, than to be a woman. But really, you know, when you look at this, what's happening right now in America, this is really a feminist issue. Women created this problem. It's their issue now. Men is not really our place. Now is a issue of women. Because now you have to decide, do you stand up for what's right and say, you know what? At least have some respect for the women and the children. They can't even get that now. Now is you just walk into a spa in the women's section and you undress you show your private parts, your, your, your penis, your dick, whatever. And you think that because you identify as a woman, that's okay for you to sit in the woman's section. It seems like this person is exhibiting some kind of sexual predator behavior. Because that's what it does. It, it opens the door for sexual predators. Men who identify as women who are, actual, who are actually sexual predators. That's how I see it. But that woman was not wrong for what she said. You have to at least have some respect. And this is not the case now. It's all about trying to get special treatment, special rights, because you identify as a woman. All right, so before I go, um, yesterday I was watching a video on Instagram. This was on the page of Dallas, Texas TV. And it was a young woman. She lost her phone. She was in a liquor store. She lost her phone. This woman was in a rage at the fact she couldn't find her phone. Then also the, uh, the uh, store clerk was laughing at her, I believe. And she was just upset. She trashed the entire fucking store. Trashed the entire store, throwing stuff on the ground just like a child because she couldn't find her toy. But this woman couldn't find her, her uh, phone. And she was livid about it. She was upset. So she decides to trash the entire store. 
And this is why I named this episode the downfall of America. Of black America, excuse me. If we can't control ourselves, our behavior, how we speak to each other. This reflects how our communities look, our neighborhoods look like trash. The entire world sees us as animals, misfits, you know, people that can't raise their kids right, their kids are criminals, all this shit. This is how the world views us, you know. So this woman trashing an entire store because she couldn't find her cell phone is ridiculous. It, it makes no sense to even do that, but she did it anyway. So this is a reflection of our behavior, how we behave, you know, uh, no different than the turkey leg hut in Houston making a, a dress code policy because of people who can't dress appropriate or wear the correct attire. You know, this is a reflection of who we are as a people, our standard, our self-respect for ourselves, our respect for other people. It has evaporated. It's gone now. So we're left with this pile of shit. This pile of shit. And we're just looking at this, this pile of shit. Trying to figure out. What should we do with it? And there's people that. Are speaking up and saying. Look man. Our behavior is disgusting. Black people should not behave this way. We should not treat each other this way. If we did a better job, our children, our communities would be better off. But that's not the case. It's gotten worse. You know, we're having arguments about Bill Cosby, whether or not he's guilty or not. You know, we're having discussions about whether Beyonce can sing, Jay-Z can rap. And these are celebrities, man. These, these celebrities, these rappers, these entertainers, these athletes... They are dividing black America down the middle and they're making us pick sides. Either you're going to be on the right side or the wrong side. Truth or false. You don't even know what, what is true no more. People always claim to speak the truth. Well, the truth is honesty and it hurts. The truth is something that is hard to hear. But what we need to hear, we don't want to hear. We don't want to hear the fact that. Our children can't read or write. We don't want to hear the fact that we are terrible parents. We don't want to hear the fact that we have an issue for as violence towards each other. We don't want to talk about that. We would rather talk about white supremacy, white people, and what we've gone through. We would rather talk about that than talk about the issue that we need to fix. And I'm sick of it. As a black man in America, I am sick and tired of the behavior is disgusting it gets on my fucking nerve to see people look at you and they put you in a category they stereotype you based on the behavior of other people it gets on my fucking nerve so we have to do a better job because as of right now the downfall of black america is happening right now if you don't even know it yet you better open your eyes up. It's happening right now. The downfall of black America. And we have gotten so far away from important things, man. The standards, man. That's completely gone. The respect for each other. The respect for ourselves. That's gone. Being able to cooperate. Being able to get along. Work as a team. A unit. A family. A community. It's all gone. And right now you got all these fucking celebrities and entertainers and athletes. They are the fucking problem as well. We give these people too much power over us to dictate our lives. And that's the problem as well. But until we fix these issues, it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. We're going to continue to blame white people. We're going to continue to blame white supremacy and, and everything else. And not be accountable and not be responsible for ourselves. It's going to get worse. So you're going to see more shootings, more homicides, 
more aggravated assaults, more teenagers committing these crimes. You're going to see more uh, stories and videos of women out of control. We're going to see these things. And the world view us in such a negative light. This is why it's so hard to even talk about police brutality. Back in the day, black people didn't have to compete with this shit. We knew how to, to conduct ourselves, behave, act. We had a family. We worked as a unit, a, a unit. We cooperated with each other for the most part. Now that shit is all gone. It's completely all gone. And, and it's a shame how we just line up like sheep and allow this to happen to ourselves. So at some point we have to get a grip and start speaking real truth and addressing real issues before it's too late. Because the downfall of black America is upon us right now. If you don't know, now you know about it. Thank you for being able to tune in to episode 13 of season 2 of my podcast titled No One Watches Regular News, hosted by me, Kerry Bogart. Stay tuned for episode 14 next week.